You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. From the Wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Drome here alongside the state of Hoppy, and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. How's it going, Hoppy? It's going great, man. How about you? Pretty good, pretty good. Check out this uh, this beauty here. Oh yeah, there you go, Minnesota Wild uh, fans tuning in live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, a very special person highlighted this uh this beautiful jersey here on Vancouver Island, and I think I'm the only one now that has one. And quick story for the listeners, I was joking with uh, Producer Pigeon. I was like, I bet I'm going to jump on with Hoppy, and he's going to be like, oh, that's awesome. You have a Minnesota Wild jersey now, Isha, but that's like the worst one they've ever had. And though I love it, Hoppy, was this true? <laughs> uh, to a T, to a T. <laughs> the logo's uh, fine. I don't know why people hate on that so much. I don't mind the man bear pig, but yeah, the, the full sleeve striping and everything it's just not my style you know what you know what i have to say my favorite part about it is uh on the back says made in canada (laughs) (laughs) oh all right we got a ton of guests we're back (laughs) and uh and a big show here on episode 109 of uh the soda pod uh we're gonna jump right into the hoppy hour which we're gonna bring on your boy sv my friend shane van nice and (laughs) <laughs> it says here uh, in the lobby, Kenny Rogers, Mr. Ken Stapon of TSN 1050 and not another Leafs podcast. He also works uh, in the beer scene, which he's going to talk about as well. So we have those two great guests in the hoppy hour. Ken's going to stay on and we're going to talk a little, well, Toronto Maple Leafs, NHL hockey. Then we're going to dive into some general hockey talk, some Minnesota wild news, some AHL notes uh, with a great supporter of the Hockey Podcast Network and the Soda Pod, uh, Richard Blosser. And uh, then hoppy, we have a new segment, which uh, it's going to be rolling out every Sunday stream, every Monday podcast, the MNCAA continue to see that hashtag rolling and uh, we'll give you an update on malt madness looks like twitter's back in action on the poll question so we will be resuming wednesday we want to thank again everybody who's participated in malt madness and we'll just talk a little bit about that before we end here so without further ado let's jump right into the hoppy hour here episode 109 of the soda pod First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalak. To Stalak! To Stalak! I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. Well, you're all hopped out? What's up, gentlemen? Welcome to the Hoppy Hour here on the Soda Pod. We got Mr. Kenny Rogers, Ken Stapon himself, and my friend Shane Van Nice, who's been making a few appearances now in the Hoppy Hour to talk about some beer. Cheers, fellas. How's it going this evening? Gentlemen, nice to be here. Hoppy, uh, let's kick this off. Uh, we got we got a few uh, a few drinks to inquire about. We do, and we, we have to start because I know he's been just itching to get into it let's hear it shane how is the gretzky beer is it as advertised or is it just a name on a can 
It's pretty good. Um, it's actually a pretty unique beer. I've, I've never really drank in a, a lager with um, rye grain in it before, and it, it really adds a, def- a different kick to it. Wow, I, I did not expect that. What what kind of different kick? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the difference between the difference between lagers and ales. Lagers are, are usually more crisp and they're usually less flavorful, whereas ales and also lagers are um, are are fermented at a lower temperature and it's it's bottom fermenting, whereas ales are top fermenting, higher temperature and they they're more flavorful like stouts, porters, um, like anything with ale in it is an ale, obviously, like India Pale Ale. But yeah, this is definitely a flavorful lager, and it's a craft beer too, which is kind of rare. Usually, you see macrobreweries have the lagers, and microbreweries have more ales. But uh, yeah, it's kind of it's almost like a hybrid, I'd say. But yeah, it's good. I so like you it. would re- you would recommend because what kind of I would re- definitely recommend this. Yeah. So what we've kind of all heard behind the scenes is that it's it's okay, but like the whiskey, as far as the Gretzky brand, the whiskey is like a better option. You're you're saying that no, this beer is actually pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I, I really like it. It's it's kind of a, it's a it's a healthy mix between a lager and ale. Like if you really like a lager and you don't really like any flavor with it, you just like a crisp, easy down go, going down easy beer, then maybe this one's not for you. And if you like the super flavorful, super bitter stuff, then maybe you'll want to opt out for an ale. But if you want something in between, you're just feeling a little bit of both. Then I think this is a good good one beer to pick. Very nice. Very nice. And I think the real question here is, if Lemieux made a beer, would it be better or worse? <laughs> it uh, depends who, who is on the line playing with them. I mean, uh, brewing it with them. Okay, moving on. Kenny Rogers, what are we drinking tonight, sir? Gentlemen, so I work at Radical Road Brewery. It's a brewery in eastern Toronto. We talked about that last time I was on, I believe. So right now I am drinking our Three Kings. It's the Rose Hips and Hibiscus Saison. Uh, 6% alcohol. It's got really nice floral notes, a little bit of sweetness to it. It's our Christmas beer and it is the season. It's drinking really well right now. It was actually just canned last week. And when you can get products that fresh, it makes all the difference in the taste. Really excellent product. We saw that you actually brought a, like a whole mix pack there. I, oh, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how long well, the segment's yeah. going to be, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Saying, well, like, what else you got? So I was actually, yeah, when I was coming on the soda pod when I talked to you earlier, I figured I'd better run down there and grab some things. So Love it. the other two that I grabbed uh, are the Yuzu Pale Ale. Hoppy, I know you've commented on that one in the past. Uh, Yuzu is a Japanese citrus. So again, 5%, moderately hoppy, really bright citrus notes, really refreshing, but really for any time of year, you can have it in the winter, you can have it in the summer. The other one is the four track session IPA. So that's one's a little bit lighter. It's 4%. We advertise just a hundred calories per can. I like that one a lot because I can gas, you know, a six pack of them and not be super bloated and also not be just entirely inebriated. Like if you're drinking a full body IPA, that's 6.57%, which will really kick your teeth in. Uh, it's got nice tangerine notes, a very light hoppiness, very refreshing, just uh, some excellent part products rolling out of radical road now. Love it. And can you put, can you pull that up real quick again? Which the yep. yeah, yeah, of course. Everyone. Yeah, so the I YouTube just need to ask, what the fuck does your desk look like? <laughs> what do you mean, littered with cans? No, no, I mean how all the cans are different sizes. Oh, true. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit crooked at the moment. <laughs> usually, you usually want to get that at least four tall boys so that at least sits on an even plane. But right now, it's uh, it's it's seen better days. But don't worry, we're gonna address that, and uh, soon it'll just be an empty six pack, so we won't have that problem anymore. Uh, Ken Hoppy's been, Hoppy's been intru- introducing me into the world of crowlers because he sent me uh, a gift package earlier, actually in, in the summer, that had some of Minnesota's finest. Um, have you ever, you know, down in the states, have you ever picked one of those up? And and if so, like, what what are some of the 
the best breweries you've been down south where you could enjoy one of those massive cans? A crowler. I'm actually not familiar with it. Is that kind oh, of give me like one second? Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the crowler. Up here we have um the, like the bigger bottles, but you can't really use sure. those. And we oh, have those. Yeah. Too. <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen those. It's uh, I think they sell those at like the Blue Look Jays games. Guys. Yeah. They sell those guys at the Blue Jays games, but really it's not necessarily a part of the craft scene. It's like you can just get a diesel Fosters or something like that. But oh, okay. everybody knows the quality of like some of those mass produced products, obviously much less. So I don't really mess around with those too much. Honestly, man, this is the best beer I've ever had in my life. Really? A, yeah. Peanut yeah butter. It's, a peanut butter. It's, a peanut, it's a peanut butter. Dangerous, man. It's like, it looks like it's as big as your head. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> it's, a peanut, it's a peanut butter porter that's not super sweet, like a chocolate peanut butter. It's, wow. oh, it's, it's amazing. It's again, it's the best beer I've ever had. And I'm not even a huge porter guy, but... I love peanut butter, so there's my bias, of course. But you can you can respect a good flavor profile. I myself am more of an IPA guy as well. But if you get me like a good porter, a good stout, something a little bit darker, like I'm all in. Hoppy, yeah. what do you got on tap? I have a crowler, uh, shocker, uh, but it's from Junkyard. It's a Galaxy Double IPA. Um, it's for me. It's a little bit sweeter than usual and it's funny because you go on untapped which i've told these should get on for a while and he hasn't but uh you can go on and see like what people typically like attribute to it with flavor and i didn't taste it at first but after i looked and took another sip it said grassy and i actually can kind of taste it now <laughs> like not in a bad way it's just like huh shit i can taste that but uh kenny to give you a little background too as far as crawlers go like minnesota is beyond fucked up as far as like liquor laws go <laughs> like just yeah. a couple years ago we were allowed to start selling on sundays like that's how messed up it was oh but, I, uh, I, I remember that when i lived in connecticut for the longest time we didn't sell on sundays and you have to take the trip to new york state before you started watching your football on sunday yeah. what a pain in the ass that was dude what a bitch but even worse for the breweries is the laws around growlers where you can only sell like so much out of your tap room. It doesn't matter if it's growler or if it's cans or if it's in the tap room. Uh, once you hit a certain barrel threshold, you can't sell any more growlers for the year. And like every what? year around August, September, Castle Danger, one of the ones Isha I know you're familiar with, mm -hmm. they always have to stop selling them. And it makes no sense That's at all. So it's weird. a super outdated law to like help liquor stores when Really, there's not much competition between the two. You're either going to the brewery for the experience and to get the beer directly from them or going to a liquor store to pick up something quick. Like, I don't know. But so a lot of what's done, especially right now with you know, COVID and not being able to go to tap rooms, like 90% of what I'm consuming is out of crawlers because that's how it's got to be. Man, that's insane. Uh, sorry, having a little bit of technical difficulties here on uh, on our end. Um I think we I think we got everything back here. Um, I'm drinking a, a three brewing uh, company, Kelowna Pilsner. It's a four point eight. It's a light beer, uh, super tasty, not super sweet. Um, yeah, I mean everything you'd want in a in a nice light Pilsner. Uh, what's great about Tree Brewing is you know none of their pro uh, products are pasteurized. They got no preservative. It's it's a great uh it's a great BC beer here. And yeah, I mean I, I'm a I'm a huge Pilsner guy. I don't mind drinking the Pilsners. I'm a Pilsner over a Lager usually. Um, but yeah, shout out. I've had, a th I had a few, uh, uh, tree brewing co's and, uh, yeah, local BC Kelowna beer. You gotta love it. Um, very nice. They have the best motto. Do you know it? Uh, the best things in life are tree <laughs> right on the can Shane. Right. When you asked me, I looked right at it too. So that was perfect. 
Um, cool, boys. Uh, before we move on to uh, some hockey talk here and let you go, Shane, you have any final thoughts? I mean, Shane, you got anything else on tap this evening? Well, I got this earlier today. It's White Sales Mount Benson. That's a good one. I've I've had that Mount Sales or uh, sorry, Mount Sales White Sales uh, local brewery here in Nanaimo. I've actually haven't gone to the tap room yet, just with everything going on COVID uh, wise this summer. I never had a chance to, and I know they've been around for a while, but I haven't lived in Nanaimo for for years. So ha- have you yeah, been there? No, I haven't even tried one before. So yeah, I'm excited to. But also, I'm wearing this in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> oh, very nice, very nice. Is that the Christmas sweater? Yeah. <laughs> nice, Shane. Can't. Kane, uh, Ken, Shane actually won that on CHL when we were at CHLY 1017, uh, this radio station where we did like a Canucks-based show. Shane was our, our biggest fan and cleaned us out of most of our prizes, uh, that uh, <laughs> that Christmas sweater, uh, among other things. But uh, thanks, Shane. We really appreciate uh, you joining here. Uh, we're going to take a quick break on the other side. Uh, we're going to continue talking with Ken here and uh, dive into some Leafs talk, uh, talk a little bit about his podcast um, and just some general hockey news. Uh, you're listening to the Soda Pod, episode 109, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. You're listening to the Soda Pod, episode 109. Uh, thanks everyone tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation with Ken Stapon, producer at Overdrive, uh, the Overdrive Show on TSN 1050 Toronto. He's also the host, the co-host of Not Another Leafs podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we just talked beers, Ken, but uh, thanks for joining us. It's uh, it's always a pleasure uh, to have you on the Soda Pod. No, happy to be here and uh, a little hockey talk, a little hoppy talk. That's uh, that's a great way to spend a Sunday night. No, I just, I just have to say, um, you were, you've been the only person unfazed from that, uh, that you know, transition video that our producer <laughs> has. Like, I, I, I always look to see, you know, because producer Pigeon, he's the one who hits the, you know, the the ones and twos, you know, the buttons in the producer's chair on what comes next. And uh, I always like to see in the lobby, okay, like, how's everyone going to react when the Power Rangers come up? And, uh, and you were. Cold Stone. I didn't even see a reaction. So no, it was, it was it was a little bit weird for me. And like it was definitely a funny experience. But I was just like, I, I don't really know what's going on here. I don't know when I'm coming back. That's uh, one thing that they taught us at school. It's like always just got to hold the pad and see what happens, man. Just keep that. Just keep it real, and you'll when you're back on air, you're back on air. You know. Yeah, I mean that's this should show, should show, ladies and gentlemen. This guy's a professional right here because we had Hoppy's uh, brother on, and he. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's my and, alma and he, mater. <laughs> and Hoppy's brother absolutely lost it. We came into the segment. And he's just howling. He's like, "What the <laughs> hell was that?" Well, no, it was even better though, Isha, because it was him and my buddy that were both on with us that episode. And my brother is like losing it. He's laughing his ass off. My other buddy, like you can tell, like he's petrified. Like, what the hell is this? What did I just, just sign up on? Polar opposites of reaction yeah good edit job though i appreciate that i mean producer pigeon he always keeps he keeps us on our feet here on the soda pod um let's talk a little hockey though a little leafs focus since uh you do host 
not another Leafs podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. One of the best names of all hockey podcasts, in my <laughs> opinion, especially like being from Canada on you know the other side of the country. And uh, we hear more about the Leafs than we do in the Canucks in BC, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm sure you hear a lot about <laughs> the Leafs too uh, in regards to uh, you know living in Ontario, working for TSN 1050, and obviously they reign supreme as the Ontario hockey uh, team. But just talk a little bit about the name quickly because I, I imagine much like the Vancouver Canucks market, there's like so many Leafs podcasts out there. Well, it's an oversaturated market, and that's what you expect when you have an original six franchise and just the following that Toronto has all over Canada. I mean, regardless of where they play, if it's Calgary, if it's Edmonton, if it's, like you said, in Vancouver, the stands are generally half filled with Maple Leaf fans. And the Canucks, I think, have the biggest bone of contention because oftentimes they've been flexed out of their normal time slot to start a game. And they have to start at 4 p.m. Pacific time when they're playing the Leafs so that all the people in Toronto can watch the game starting at 7 o'clock. I have a pretty good feeling that I think that might be something that happens fairly often this year with the particular with Montreal and with Toronto and how they're going to be playing a lot of West Coast games. We'll have to see how it plays out. But with so many different podcasts out there, it just seems like an obvious choice that other Leaf fans or other hockey fans have just seen so many different podcasts associated with this team. And if you love them, you love them. If you hate them, you hate them. And it just seems like an obvious choice, not another Leafs podcast. And it's uh, we're off and running now into season two, and we've gotten really good reception so far, both on the name and for the product that we've been putting out. And look, I mean, everything you said there is bang on in regards to the schedule-wise with the Vancouver <laughs> Canucks fans there. But I have to oh, say, I mean, us. I mean and you, you and Brendan are, are amazing and do great work with there. That's someone who's not a Leafs fan, an avid hater, of the Leafs. I, I constantly tune into Not Another Leafs podcast. So for those on you know Minnesota Wild fans here, uh, give it a listen. Uh, Ken and his uh, co-pilot, Brendan McCarthy, they do they do unbelievable work there. Oh, so, thanks, Isha. Appreciate it. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, Nick Robertson, not announced on the final World Junior roster for the United States. I mean, I, I tune into the Leafs media every now and then again. Like Another shot at the media there. It's kind of forced down our throats. So obviously, I've heard about this, this guy, uh, Nick Robertson, not making the team and how some of the least fan base is a little outraged because there, there's a lot of there's a lot of praise there's a there's a lot of i don't know passion from the least fan in regard to this guy and his potential up uh, upside in the national hockey league so what, what are your thoughts on him not making the world junior roster and uh, is this guy the real deal as a national hockey league prospect i think it's a pretty clear indication that kyle dubas values this prospect and thinks that he has a great chance to make the opening night roster right out of camp We've seen what he's been able to do against his own level of competition in the OHL at 50 plus goals with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds last year. And now he, you know, he had a little bit of a short stint against Columbus looking into this season. If he was going to go to the world juniors, there was a likely chance that he was going to miss a large part of the training camp for the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Now, if the Toronto Maple Leafs weren't thinking about putting him on the opening night roster, or didn't think he had a chance to go there then they probably let him go play in the junior tournament. I don't think they're really an organization that holds players back. I understand why the Rangers did it with Lafreniere. I understand why the Devils did it with Hughes. It is what it is. For me, these guys are hockey players, and if they have an opportunity to play at the highest level, you let them go. So I feel like that's what the organization would have done, but just shows the standing of Robertson, what they expect him to accomplish, and how they expect him to contribute as a member of the team moving into this season. Fair enough. And as far as, I mean, we've heard some talk in the past about genetically enhanced superhumans. 
I gotta <laughs> ask though, we're, we're not doing any enhancements here. We're just talking about the gene Enhance. pool that is from Enhance. Tessa Virtue and Morgan Riley. Like, what's the ceiling for the athletic abilities on those children? Unbelievable. It seems like in skating as well, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but lineage matters. And you always see, you know, when you look at NHL players that are up and coming, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is the nephew of this player. Or this is, you know, his dad played for like this team 20 years ago. Yeah, it just happens all the time. And I think part of that is just you growing up indoctrinated with your dad or whoever playing in the league. And part of it is just the privilege nowadays. If you're going to be the son of or the daughter of an NHL player or professional figure skater, then you're going to have the best training. You're going to have resources that just the average person doesn't have, which is going to enable your ability all the more. The the ceiling for these, these the kids from these two is going to be unbelievable. And whichever avenue they choose to go, I'm sure they're going to be extremely successful, particularly if they follow in their parents' footsteps of professional athleticism, even if it's not in hockey or figure skating. Man, and just, I mean, she was obviously unbelievable in her in her figure skating career for uh, even like Unreal. the... The final swan song, you know, in the last Olympics, uh, it, it was unbelievable. Um, and I, I remember hearing that they were dating like earlier this year um, in the spring. And I was like, oh, that, that's just amazing. That was one of the first things that popped in my mind. I was like, if these two, you know, these two start, ha- you know, <laughs> stay together and start having kids, like they're going to be the most incredible skaters <laughs> that I ever seen. Because, uh, you know, Morgan Riley, very underrated skater in my mind to be, you know, that good on defense. And in my opinion, be the best uh defenseman on the maple leafs roster i mean <laughs> not not really that close although some would say jake muzzin has better defensive upside and there's a little bit of chatter but at the end of the day they need morgan riley to step up and be that bona fide number one the same way that carlson is for the washington capitals same way that petra was for the blues the same way that uh I'm sl- my mind's slipping but any team that's win- won the cup over the last little couple of years they always have that bona fide number one and they need riley to step into that role not always, man. Pittsburgh won with Latour. Okay, yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, I think, is the outlier. But generally, if you're yeah, looking I, at I a successful you. playoff run, you need a guy that's going to be able to chomp 28 minutes. Look how Duncan Keith was able to do that for the Blackhawks for so many years. He just played 30 minutes a night the whole way through the playoff run, and nobody was scoring when he was on the ice. And before Seabrook tailed off, that was a pairing to to yeah. be scared of. Well, man, you look at this year with the Tampa Bay Lightning and Victor Hedman. He was that, arguably one of the best yeah. players in, in, in the playoffs, right? And he's, he's in my opinion, he's probably the best defender in the National Hockey League. He's got everything. He's got size. He's got speed. He can handle the puck. He can shut you down. He can play the penalty kill. He can play the power play. He's the total package. And I don't think that there's anybody in the league that's touching him, really, or even like particularly close to him as the top of, of his position in the league right now. Yeah, and you know, I'm curious, just from your perspective, obviously there's still a lot to be decided in the next two seasons, but like with what's expected to be probably a flat cap for a couple of years here, any chance that you guys re-signing Riley? Like how does that even work? Hoppy, I'm glad you asked me that because if you want the answer, you can tune into Leafs pod, which is dropping tomorrow. Cause we actually had this conversation on that very podcast, nice. very nice. but yeah, it's, it's going to be very oh difficult God. because likely looking at what he's going to get paid or what other teams would offer him. He's going to be looking at that eight, $9 million range and probably at a six or seven year term. I'm not sure that Toronto at this point is going to be able to squeeze him into their budget unless they move some significant contracts out. And to be quite frank, when you look at the defensemen that have those large contracts and long-term, it usually doesn't end up working well for the team. You look at the Drew Doughty, you look at Eric Carlson in San Jose, Ottawa looks like a runaway winner of that trade at this point, even though the fan base was sad to see him go at the time. 
It just doesn't seem to work out in the long run when you give the defenseman the big bucks and the long Unless term. it's Ryan Suter, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one worked out all right. I mean, it's still six more years. Yeah, so. we got like five more years left, so we'll see how it really oh, is. Six years left? My God. I think Jay Weber, too. I, like, Shea Weber in Montreal, when he at whatever point he decides to retire, Nashville is going to get nailed oh, by cap man. penalties. I was looking it up the other day. I believe if he plays up to the 23-24 season and then retires, it's a $15 million cap penalty or something that's going to be leveraged against Nashville. There's no and that's way that the, they're going to actually penalty. fully issue that, though. Well, Dude, it depends on how far he plays. Well, everybody in the league is going to want them to enforce it. Hey, Vancouver Canucks connection. Roberto Luongo, they're fucking enforcing that right now. And there's $3 million against Vancouver's cap. That's a far cry from $3 million, not $50 million. No, I'm just saying $3 million for three more years against the cap is a pretty s- terrible penalty, especially in this day and age now when the cap may of not course. be moving for six years. Especially when he retires and then decides to be part of the goaltending excellence team. <laughs> I haven't even heard of that. What is that? Oh, it's down in Florida. They started the they made a goaltending excellence team for the Panthers, and it's him and two or three other guys that are all a part of this team that's basically gonna be Bobrovsky and wow. Spencer Knight. That's well, that's amazing. what you need when you sign a $10 million goalie, then you need to sign 10 coaches to figure out how to get him to play like a $10 million goalie. Because Bobrovsky looked terrible for Florida last year, and that here's, contract here's was like a huge he had in Columbus. Yeah, exactly. You play, you pull a guy out of a defensive system, and then he looks like crap. I'm interested to see in the All Canadian Division this year with the shorter season length how the goaltending, which is a strength of the majority of the teams in that division, how that plays out down the stretch. Because you look at a team like Montreal, if Carey Price is playing, you know, 40, 45 games in a season, maybe less than that, mm-hmm. he's going to look pretty good, and Montreal is going to have a real shot to move through that division and make the postseason. That's true. That's true. Except the one outlier is it's going to be a condensed schedule. So how many people aren't going to be used to, I mean, the players aren't going to be used to playing that many games in, you know, X amount of nights, in my opinion. I think that's going to shake up a a few things. I I think some of the the elite goaltenders who are used to playing at the schedule that National Hockey League is are still going to play well, but some may be a little shell-shocked and underperform where some players and backup goalies who maybe are just used to playing under pressure may actually rise up for this season and, and, you know, blow our expectations out of the water. So I think it's going to be interesting uh, to say the least. And, you know, talking about this all Canadian division was something that we wanted to bring up with you, um, especially for, you know, the Toronto franchise that's so close to, to Ottawa, to Montreal. Do you see a lot of these condensed schedule games being against Ontario and the Montreal's rather than say like Edmonton, uh, the Flames and the Canucks. Are you, are you, do you think that maybe we'll see like those three games in a row more with the the Western teams? It's tough to say at this point. I think probably if you're traveling around in the East, you might be able to split it up a little bit more. Maybe you do, you know, Ottawa, Montreal, Ottawa, and then back to Toronto or something to that right. extent. Or if you want to keep it even, then you just do three and three and three and you just do it for everybody going everywhere. I have no idea what Jerry Bettman is, has in store here. Like, and it is what it is. Like looking, looking at the Canadian division, I think this is going to be an excellent opportunity for the fan bases. And I'm excited because we don't get to see a lot of the Western teams as often. We only play each other twice a year. You only see Matthews versus McDavid twice a year. And then when you look at, you know, like Calgary, you look at Winnipeg, seeing these teams, like, I don't know what it is. It's going to be seven or eight times by the end of the season. Probably if you're just playing within your division, it's going to be really exciting for the fans. I think that probably six out of the seven teams in Canada, Ottawa being the only one out, have 
playoff ambitions. So there's going to be two fan bases who are going to feel really rejected at the end of this year and feel like they got screwed by the all Canadian division, the level of competition that's going to be had in that one, because there's no real cupcake games. No, that's true. Is there any scenario where you think Ottawa may just catch fire due to this unique season and actually maybe beat out a likes of Montreal Canucks or Edmonton for a playoff spot? No, they're still in such a strong rebuild and they have a million prospects. Like this team is going to be very scary in about two or three years. I'd say probably potential to be a top five team in the league right now. I don't have that much faith in Matt Murray as a goaltender. He had a really rough season in Pittsburgh. It's not as if Ottawa has a really like bolstered defensive core right now. That's going to make him make his job that much easier. I think they're bona fide seven finish and there's not really a, there's not really anything that could people could tell me to change my mind on that. Hoppy, do you want to comment on what he said about your boy, Matt Murray? I mean, I just think it gets really blown out of proportion. I think everyone hears that Matt Murray had an awful year and then everyone repeats it. But he, I mean, didn't have his greatest year by any means, but I don't think that he had anything to do with Pittsburgh's tr- struggles last year. And he's not going to have Jack Johnson on this next squad. So who knows what will happen? No, it's a fair point. But at the end of the day, Murray is judged because he did, he got done in the playoffs and he's a multiple Stanley Cup champion. He was starting the majority of the games in the, both those cup runs. He did have the security blanket though. And Mark Andre Fleury, he's not going to have that in Ottawa and he's going to have a much weaker team in front of him. Remains to be seen how that'll play out down the stretch. Yeah. And I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, him in Ottawa, we'll see what happens. And he was absolutely overpaid, but I think that, the hate has gotten a little too high on Murray. And I think that he has a chance to at least do what Ottawa is hoping he can do. Yeah. Which will be probably likely better than Craig Anderson has played over the last couple seasons. Yeah, honestly, Craig, Craig Anderson, he's for the last three years, I've been like, Craig Anderson is, is at the end of his career. Craig Anderson's at the end of his career. You know, the guy, <laughs> still, the guy still has shown up and, and delivered, yeah. you know, the best that he's, he's a freak. Yeah. The best that he could in his late thirties. And, you know, I, I have nothing against Craig Anderson. I actually think he's, he's had an outstanding career for, you know, the teams that he's played for. I mean, you know, you have Eric Carlson on the defense. You know, Eric Carlson doesn't play the defensive game. This guy's actually helped the Ottawa Senators uh, a lot, but it's it's time for him to hang up the skates, and it, it shouldn't be on him uh, to, you know, to put the season or to, to carry the Ottawa Senators anymore. Uh, yeah. Shane says, Isha thinks Montreal is bottom three. Hoppy thinks top three. That's true. That's true. Let's hear I your think, thoughts. I think probably number four, three or four. Uh, I don't think think they're they're going to be in the bottom. I don't think they're going to be in the bottom. I think if they're going to ultimately take the top four teams from the Canadian division, I would lean for Montreal getting in. I think they're going to play a really difficult style, a tight checking style. We saw with Columbus, they've similar to that where it's going to be annoying to play against and they're going to grind out some wins. And we've seen what a well-rested carry price can do. I know Isha before you were saying that you don't know how some goalies are going to adjust. I think that's not going to be an issue for a netminder like Price. I think you're no, going to get no. the best out of him. And I think a well-rested goalie, you saw what he was capable of when he got through the playoff round against Pittsburgh. He basically single-handedly took that team down. So Montreal, I think they're a playoff team, probably fourth, third, fourth. But for sure, they're uh, they're going to sneak in there. I need to add the asterisk that Pittsburgh beat themselves. I don't think Kerry Price did anything too incredible in that series. Pittsburgh just did nothing to challenge him. But uh, it's just interesting that I get your point, Isha, on the goaltending. I really think, though, with a condensed schedule like this and the 
teams doing what they can to have a 1A and a 1B. That's why they brought in Jake Allen. It's even more to say that it won't impact him because if Allen can step up and play, Price is basically going to be playing the same load he normally would as far as gaps between games. So if, that's a big if, you can get that from Jake Allen. Carter Potts uh, says, Price getting 40-plus wins this shortened season. You heard it here first. Well, in a 56-game season, that's a... That. That's yeah. impressive. Um, I think uh, Carter, uh, co-host of the Quack Report here on the Hockey Podcast Network, is being a little cheeky there. Oh, is that, is that is that one of the Quack Report guys? Yeah. They're also saying that uh, Gibson should be a top 10 goaltender and uh, a top 10 goaltender in the league, I believe. I think so. I think so, too. Uh, on the edge for me. Are we yeah, saying I, as far as the stats he puts up this year or in a vacuum, like which goalie is the most skilled? I'm saying as far as like, I like to look at the numbers more. Obviously, Anaheim is a less talented team. So if you put yeah. him in a position where like if he's playing, I don't know, for example, like if he's playing like in Vasilevsky's position where it's a much more experienced decor, then yeah, we could have the conversation. I just think they didn't have the numbers to support him being in the top 10 this previous season. That's fair. I think if you put them in a vacuum, though, and just look at like skill for each goaltender, he's easily in the top 10 for me personally. That's fair. I, I yeah, I think he's one of the best goaltenders that the United like, States. I, I would even right go top now. five, possibly. So really, I think we've talked about that before. Like if like for the Olympics of the U.S., I would put him like, above Carey Price. I would rather have John Gibson as my goalie. Than really? Price. Well, are you talking about moving a franchise? Like looking moving forward, if you're going to on a guy this season. This season? Yep. No chance. Yep. No chance. You want Carey Price over there, Gibson over to Carey Price? Honestly, Ken, I'm I'm leaning in Hoppy's camp, and and I'm as Canadian as they get. Well, all right. All I have to cite is when you look at the players and who were pulled, uh, who was the most difficult goalie in the league to scare, score on last season, they said it was Carey Price. So that shows how, what the respect that he has around the league. And obviously they have a better idea of who's going to have a better chance to stop the puck than we do. So I'm going to go with the players and say that like Price over Gibson for me. But if you're talking about price point on the contract, I don't want that. I don't want well, it to go anywhere yeah, near the cap hit. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't want to go anywhere near a $10 million cap hit for a goalie. Yeah. Um, before I let you go uh, here, Ken, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, well, the new your new player on the Maple Leafs that uh, you'll see in the blue and white, Joe Thornton. Um, Joe. Brian, Burke, Brian Burke, I, uh, I heard him talk about recently that, you know, a veteran such as Joe Thornton, you know, a former superstar, someone who has all the tools, who's who's been to, you know, who's been through the grind of the playoffs, who's carried a team on his back, who scored 30 plus goals. And like I said, he's been one of the best, uh, not only Canadian, but NHL players to ever play the game. And then you have another old veteran player like Jason Spezza, who in his own right, playing with the the Ottawa Senators was a top goalie or sorry, top goalie, top center in the league, who at the time where he dominated with uh, the Ottawa Senators, was pretty much good at everything. The guy could score, the guy could skate. He was a great leader as well. Brian Burke said that for a team like the Maple Leafs, 100% you want a player like this, but that's the thing, a player like this, because the, the top six of the Maple Leafs is so fast and they play such a different type of style than what these guys you know, would easily be inserted to. It, it seems like it's almost being overdone with bringing both of them in. What are your thoughts on having both now a Jason Spezza and a Joe Thornton? And as a Leafs fan, someone who covers this team, do you think that it's it's wise to bring both of these veteran players in when you really, like Brian Burke said, only need one in the bottom six? Well, when you look at the price point, I think it's smart because what are you going to get for 700K that's going to get you more than Jason Spezza or Joe Thornton, especially in the locker room? And I think that's where Thornton's really going to be felt. 
is in the locker room where he's like you said he's been in these situations before he's not going to be afraid to insert himself and tell the team if you know they're down three nothing in the first period that they need to get their shit together and get out there and like actually start playing and i think that that's something that the team has been lacking quite frankly oftentimes they give up a couple early and then it's just like they just fold like a house of cards and that's not going to be acceptable anymore they need to get through the first round and they need a firm voice now as far as having both of them in the bottom six at the same time I would honestly not be surprised if you just saw a little bit of a cycle going on where they're both older in their careers. You might you know, start them one night and then start the other guy the next night in the same position. That way they can both stay well rested and hopefully be ready for what's going to be a playoff run for this team. I love the addition of both these guys. It's going to add a lot to the leadership group in the room in addition to Wayne Simmons and Zach Bogosian. It, I think Toronto had a great offseason. But oftentimes the team that has the best offseason has the worst regular season. So it remains to be seen what this team can still bring on the ice. The additions from afar, though, then like right now, I love both of them. Well, I got two questions off of that then, Kenny. First one being like what you said is a perfect world where you go back and forth between Thornton and Spessa. Like that'd be great. Do you think either of them are okay with that? Because they're pretty prideful players. I think at this point in their careers, they understand what their job is going to be for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think that Kyle Dubas has made that clear. You're not going to be munching a bunch of minutes. I think that both of them are probably happier that they're going to be under Sheldon Keefe rather than Mike Babcock, who probably would have just kept them up in the press box the whole time and just not played them out of spite like he did to Mike Madonna before he could get to 1,500 career games. What a disaster that was. But we won't go, we won't go down that trail too far. That's a rabbit hole. I think that at the end of the day, these guys want to win a cup and they want to do whatever they can for the organization to get to that point. I'm not certain that Toronto is going to be the favorites to get to that point. They have to show me that they can win a playoff round to even be in that conversation. The best offseason and won the 2019-2020. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a fair point. But yeah, at this point in time, I think that both these guys are willing to make the sacrifices for the team to make sure that they can get to the next level. If that means taking a couple of n- nights off so you can recoup your body and feel better for the whole stretch down into the playoff run, then I think they're going to be willing to do that. Well, if that's the case, then that's a great situation for you. I think the perfect parting question here then, again, the second question I had off of that, what do we think Joe Thornton's going to do if Nick Robertson scores four or five goals in a game? Uh, like With that <laughs> Toronto media, I'm just so excited. <laughs> what would Joe Thornton do? Who, who knows? That, that, might be, that might be a better question for producer Pigeon, who I think uh, might have a little bit more experience watching Joe Thornton. But <laughs> at the end of the day, this guy is going to – he might set up Nick Robertson on three of those goals if that's the case because he's likely going to be playing in the bottom six of the lineup. Maybe he's not even playing center on Toronto. Maybe they put him in a winger position or he comes in for the draw and then he sort of re- retires to the wing where he doesn't have to do as much defensively. All we know is that this guy is going to be a character and bring everything to the table for this organization. And I can't wait to see him play in the blue and white. No, that's awesome. Uh, Shannon, friend of the show, comments, uh, Isha with the wild sweater tonight. Hell yeah. Only one on Vancouver Island who's sporting a Minnesota wild sweater. I'll tell you that much. I like Uh, that jersey. Yeah. Like I like the bear. I like the, like, I like everything about it. I don't know. Poppy, you you don't like it? I don't mind the man bear pig at all. I don't like the sleeves. <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of Al the full sleeve stripe going all the way down. It's just not my style. And I know a lot of people probably disagree with me. 
Honestly, well, I think the initial logo is pretty good. I think a lot of people just don't realize that's an actual bear. Oh yeah, I, I think no they just look at it like pig whatsoever. Yeah. It's no, I, I appreciate the fact that like that's really funny, by the way. That's <laughs> what you call it, but I feel like a lot of people just don't see the negative space. Like they don't see the arrow in the FedEx sign. No, oh, that's a fun one too. I agree. Yeah, people have no idea that there's an arrow. Mind there. I feel like he's just like looking at me like, "What is he talking about?" I'm yeah, like, I, my mind is just blown. And it's funny because I was like, "That arrow? What is he talking about?" Yeah, I'm exactly. Talking. He has no idea, but he's gonna <laughs> no, go look at it and then he's I'm gonna literally see it. in the next break gonna look at it. Producer <laughs> <laughs> uh, pigeon, play a FedEx commercial <laughs> in the next in the next break, going out to help your to help your co-host here, the host of the Soda Pod, because he has no idea what's going on yeah, right my, now. My mind is just blown. Right <laughs> um, my mind has been blown on air, and it hasn't been because. Uh, Ken Sapon's been joining us. It's been because of the FedEx side. I'm just kidding, man. This has been unbelievable. Uh, we really appreciate you making time for us. I know it's laid out east, um, but it's, it's truly a pleasure, pleasure to bring you on. I, I want everyone to go check out uh, Not Another Leafs Pod. The Twitter handle is even, it's, it's just as good as the name. It's at Leafs Pod. I can't believe that Twitter handle was available. Uh, yeah, unreal. This podcast. Yeah, yeah, lucky. Like sometimes you just take a shot and it works out. I can't believe somebody didn't grab it beforehand, but gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. Hoppy love to lovely to connect with you again. I know we have a lot of Twitter chatter going online, but Already it's been a, a while back and forth. Too bad. We couldn't get into the golden eye conversation today, whether oh. odd job was cheating or not using odd job and golden eye 64. Personally for me, it's a big cheat, but only if I was playing at my friend's house, when they secured him first. If I was the one that got him first, then it definitely wasn't. I was just going to say that the rule is pretty straightforward. If you get him first, it's totally fair. If someone else gets him, bullshit. Yeah. Then you got to be Jaws because he, I think, has more <laughs> HP than everybody. But then you couldn't see anybody. You're just like looking around at your feet. It was a complete disaster. Look, Ken, I'm not going to lie. It was on our outline uh, video. FedEx, game I, I, I did see. Do you see the FedEx logo in the corner? You should oh look, at, God, look at the crazy. arrow. Do you see it? I love it. Thank you, producer Pigeon. You're the man. What a guy. That's it blows my mind. Uh Ken, we were gonna talk about video game consoles and you know that game in particular. We'll put it on the shelf next time you join. We'll we'll start the segment talking about that because I wasn't super part of that conversation on Twitter, but I did want <laughs> I did want to chime in because I do have some thoughts. Uh, but we got uh we got our next guest waiting in the lobby. So we're gonna bring him on here in the next segment. We thank you again for making time for us here on the soda pod. No worries, guys. Sorry for going a little bit long and have a great rest of the show and we'll chat connect soon. All right. All right, buddy. Thanks again. Uh, Ken Stapon. Take care, guys. uh, Not Another Leafs podcast. Also a producer on TSN 1050. On the other side, we're going to talk more hockey here, some AHL hockey. Uh, Thanks, everyone, joining the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And for those tuning back in on the podcast, uh, you're listening to episode 109 of the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And now Semenko out in front of the goal, pounding away at Joe Kocher, who's down on the ice, holding the back of his head. Um, you know, actually, what, what really surprised me, especially with Twitter being like Leaf Nation, was Grimson over Colton Orr. That actually, that voting really surprised me. I didn't think that would happen. Don't forget to catch the Fourth Line Voice Podcast wherever you find your podcast, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Mark Bergevin. And everybody goes on and on with the whole PK thing and blah, oh, and he hated him because he doesn't like fun and blah, blah, blah. I have heard from a few people that Mark Bergevin's hilarious. No, this guy was a riot. You know, he would uh, have to be at the bar and he's like, oh, I just had a penis colada. And the girls would like give a double take and be like, what? He's like, yeah, I had the penis colada. You know, I, it's not bad. You know, this. Enforcer based podcasting wherever you get podcasts from.
I, I got a lead here. I just got a text that I, well, I didn't just get it, but I just saw it in that break. And it's my wife who actually tuned in. She usually doesn't. And she's like, is that guy's name actually Kenny Rogers? Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only, baby. <laughs> she didn't comment, but I imagine she was also quite enamored by the uh, the fire in the background on the TV. So Fire in the background, signed uh, Brett Hall jersey. Unbelievable. Uh, you're listening to the Soda Pod episode 109. You can follow myself at VI Sports Talk, of course. Hoppy here at State of Hoppy. We got the guests rolling on in this show. We got Richard Blosser, host of Grit and Bear It podcast and writer for Penguins and NHL blogs on Fansided. Richard, how's it going, my man? Hello, gentlemen. Can you hear me? We can hear you just oh, yeah. fine, sir. All right. Thank you for having me on, lads. Uh, it wish we actually had real life hockey to talk about, but hopefully that is coming to us very, very soon. Thank you for having me on. Of course. And with, I, I got to lead with this because uh, if you pay attention, you know that I'm a Penguin. How did I become a Penguins fan and Bears fan? Um, my first love has always been for the Steel City. I had a grandmother that lived up on Mount Washington that I would go visit as a kid. And she would take me to old Three Rivers Stadium for Pirates, you know, back when they were actually decent in the early 90s. So I just latched myself onto that city, and that's where I've, I've been ever since. So um, my, my loyalty is to the black and gold whenever it does come down to it. But um, because more locally, um, uh, the Hershey Bears have been a, uh, been a favorite of mine. And that's an unbelievable jersey, as our, our commenter uh, just said. Incredible jersey. And just, just for the few fans that might not be aware, the reason I asked the question that way, because you would think Hershey, Pennsylvania, of course he likes both. Well, that's the feeder program for the Washington Capitals, who we very passionately hate. Excuse me? So, Correct. Uh... <laughs> Richard, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, that's that's going to be it here. <laughs> All right, done. <laughs> uh you joined the capture boys uh the official capture podcast recently uh though eh? so yes i did you were defending yes, the penguins on that show uh um well the boys actually helped me out with a lot of audio issues i had when they want to they can be nice don't tell anyone <laughs> but they they helped me out. I enjoyed talking to them, and I like it when I have Capitals fans that want to hear about the uh, the organization because I got into a, a slight Twitter beef with some trolls saying, "Well, all the Bears care about is winning AHL, whatever they play down there, and not about developing players." And I'm like, "Excuse me, you had 13 players last year who." played for the Capitals and the Bears last year, ranging from Ilya Samsonov, Beck Malenstein, Axel Johnson-Fialbi, and his beautiful hair. Um, and even for, if one of the Islanders fans are listening, we have Matt Molson on the team as well, um, aiding these these kids as well. Actually? So, yes, Matt That's Molson. It's Matt O'Clock, everyone. He scored the last goal for the Hershey Bears up in Providence on March 9th before the world shut down. Wow. I did not even know that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that that's okay. Well, that answers our question because that was the first thing I was thinking too. I was like, how can how could someone be you know because the Capitals and Penguins rivalry is you know is so heated and you know I, I love Sidney Crosby as the Canadian I am, but I as a Capitals fan I can't stand the Penguins and I always bet against them even when you know the cards are sometimes not in you know not in my favor. So okay, we we got the backstory on that. Uh, that's good. Um, yep. Richard, I, I know you wanted to come on and talk a little bit about uh, the AHL and the plans to come back and what that looks like in this, you know, unique NHL season uh, moving forward. Yeah, it was looking rather uh, bleak on both sides, but it seems like there is some very some plans in the works of splitting up the leagues locally, like um, the North Division would basically be along um, I-81. That would be Hershey, Wilkes-Barre, Lehigh, Utica, Binghamton, Rochester, I'm sure I missed one, and Cleveland as well, as a, trying to find a way to really make this possible, um, even with um, all these, these restrictions and protocols and the border being closed. There is talk of an all-Canadian AHL division, which would only be four teams, but it's at least a plan. It's something to try and get this going. And I'm really hoping that if the NHL puts out, puts out something to show that they can return to play, that maybe, just maybe the AHL can do it too. But it's really hard when you have over 60% in your, of your league in states that have the hardest restrictions. California has six teams. Connecticut has two teams. Pennsylvania has three. New York has five. Canada has four. Um, actually, five, four or five. And it's just, it's, it's really, it's a really hard juggling act. And I've even heard of an opt-out option for some teams as well. Yeah, and especially because you know some uh, like for the Vancouver, for, I guess for the Vancouver Canucks and some of the other Canadian teams whose affiliates are down in the United States, you obviously can't call up players with the, the fourteen uh, day quarantine rule uh, in in Canada. So I've heard you know rumblings that some, you know, the entire Utica roster or at least uh, a select few of some of the players who realistically the Canucks would call up throughout their season if they faced injury or not will be either joining other Canadian AHL clubs or perhaps even housing a few AHL clubs in Canada. Uh, what were your th uh, thoughts on this and what have you heard in that regard? Um, unfortunately, the uh, Vancouver, from, my, from what I heard, immediately shot that down because now you're – it's the idea of you're shuttling two teams instead of just – shuttling one team around Canada and unfortunately that that's more money um in these unprecedented times trademark pending and it's really it's it, it's a big undertaking for for any team in all this so um Vancouver unfortunately I don't think it's willing to play along and I think that's where the uh the four all Canadian team kind of comes in because a lot of those teams Laval, Belleville, Toronto, and Manitoba are either really close to each other or like Manitoba, they're, they're in with the Winnipeg Jets anyway, or the Toronto Marlies. They're right down the road from the Maple Leafs anyway. So you still have that close, close proximity to there. But in terms of bringing teams um, across the border, that's, that's, that's one of the many tightropes that need to be walked here. And that, that's really one of the big hurdles. 
Yeah, I mean, even in a regular season, it's it's kind of a big hurdle for the Vancouver Canucks, as you know, Utica's on the other side of the country. Uh, Richard, yes. what, what do you got coming up in some of the blogs that that you've been doing for for the Penguins? I know they're they're not in a good situation right now, facing a lawsuit and that uh, that terrible story. Um, and also, I know your podcast has been a little bit on a on a break. But if there's anything you want to promote or talk about here, I mean, the floor is yours. We got a little bit of time to talk about some topics with you. Uh, thank, uh, thank you a lot, you guys. Um, actually, I'm going to uh, promote uh, Puck Pros on Fansided. That's P-R-O-S-E. Um, I write for the NHL side. They're more general NHL, and they're the ones I've been pumping out articles for until about a couple weeks ago. Um, I did way too soon power rankings back in November. I ranked all the retro reverse jerseys for the Metropolitan Division. Um, I'm looking to get a... Um, article up of how teddy bear tosses have been scrapped for the majority of the of teams now there are some teams that are trying to do uh drive through virtual teddy bear tosses or at least the echl teams that are up and running are doing them um but um just how that's a big big thing during the uh the holiday season that unfortunately won't won't happen this year one of many holiday traditions that that won't happen mm. Um, the Grit and Barrett podcast will be back after the new year. Um, we are what I'm looking into doing is a looking back on the Hershey Bears throughout the 2010s, what the team has been through, the change in management, change in coaches, um, even putting together a all 2000s team, a great all 2000s team, and in 2000s we suck team, some of the worst players to come through the organization. Boy, that's been fun to uh, to look up. But um, that that's some ideas that I'm looking into uh, once I get this back up and running. Looking to get Patrick Williams back on of uh, of NHL.com. He's been a huge friend and supporter of the show. Um, stuff that he writes. I got Corey Schwartz of Bears Hockey Nation, and he writes for Sinbin as well. Helps out. And just really trying to um, uh, kind, kind of grow this. I mean, I started uh, at the beginning of October, and unfortunately – uh, real life got in the way and I put the show on the hiatus for the time being and I wanted to wait until after the holidays to get that back up and running once we put all this mess behind us and proverbially start over in the new year and put this godforsaken year behind us. Yeah, And I got to ask off of uh, some of the things you said there, the one I want to hear from you because I, I love some debate and controversy. When you did your two early power rankings, Give me mm -hmm. a team that you are higher on the consensus and a team that you're lower on the consensus. Let's talk about it. Team that I am lower on the consensus is actually uh, my boys, the Penguins. I had them in, in the old Metropolitan, like how it originally is, they were the fifth. There's too many question marks with them. I mean, yeah, you got rid of Jack Johnson. You chipped out Matt Murray. Um, it'll be the Tristan Jari show next season. Jason Zilker's in. I'm not convinced on Mike on Mike Matheson. There's just and Cody CC. Nice job. Um, <laughs> there's just too many question marks, and especially if this, especially if this, how this new division's going to set up, and you're bringing in Tampa and Boston. Oof. No, it's just Tampa, or just Tampa. Then yeah, I, no, I, I was going to say the new the new division very much favors them. Or no, wait. Yeah. They're staying. I'm so confused now. They're in. They're in like the East Division now. 
and they're not going to be in the central one. So they're getting Boston. They're not getting Tampa. Yeah, it's it's just like it, it's way too many question marks with this team. And who knows how much Gino's going to be back after his after his shoulder surgery and just way too many question marks. There's it, it could go really bad real quickly. Um, okay. A team that a team that I was really high on. And as a fan of a rival, this burns as the hottest of hot wings. The Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> that uh, Car- Carter Hart's good. My God, that kid's amazing. And, and 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 if you haven't heard, he's only twenty-one. Richard, I used to watch him. I used to watch him play my Victoria Royals uh, on Vancouver Island in the WHL when he was with Everett. He, it. <laughs> Don't it, make it, him tell the overtime story. Don't make him do no, it. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it because then we'll go. Then we will go overtime here. But uh, man, I, I saw you know from from a very young age, I saw the talent that that guy has and the potential he has, and he's he's showing uh, that he is that player in the National Hockey League. And um, there there's some great forward depth in uh, in Lehigh Valley. Isaac Radcliffe, Morgan Frost. There's some defensive help on the way. Andrade Andreoff as well, and Philly could be loaded for bear this season. They could really make a good run. And if Carter Hart just plays at 80% at the way he did in the playoffs last year, God, they're going to be good. And I'm just, I'm, I'm go ahead. I, I mean, my question on that, because last year, Richard, I was totally in the same boat as you had tons of forward depth. Carter Hart was emerging. They were okay on defense. And that was a team that I had going deep. And like, had they made it one more round, I would have made decent money on them. What's different from last year to this year where they're not like a fake team? Because again, we saw them just totally fizzle out there. And again, it's a weird postseason, but I think we saw that there's definitely some deficiencies with that roster. Well, one other thing we saw as well, everybody's coming. A lot of guys are coming back from that, from that squad. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That squad got you to the second round. And that was right after the whole pandemic hit. Now, imagine that for 50 games, more time to come together with an expanded roster with help, a lot of help from the farm system. And that's that's one thing I try to put in with a lot of these teams that were higher in my rankings. They have sound farm systems that they can tap into when Somebody gets injured. Somebody ain't working. It's, oh, we need a bottom six forward. Yoink. We need a seventh defenseman. Yoink. And uh, and what I've seen in, in Lehigh, it's definitely definitely there. And um, speaking of the CHL, we have I, – I, I work as a yard jockey. We have a trailer that comes down from Canada, E.G. Gray. They are a sponsor of the Peterborough's Pete's. So I see them once every couple of weeks. Come Amazing. on now. Amazing. Well, Richard, this has been amazing too. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on the Soda Pod. Uh, we really appreciate the support that you show the Hockey Podcast Network uh, as, as a whole, as well as many of the shows. You know, Tip of the Iceberg, Caps Chirp, uh, Stick Hungry. I mean, the our show. The list goes on. Um, it, it's you know, it's people like you who've made it possible for the network to grow. So, uh, from the bottom of my heart, sir, thank you very much for the support. And uh, anytime you want to come uh, talk pucks and sticks here on the Soda Pod, uh, the keys to the castle. Or yours. Thank, thank you very much. And um, before I do go, just a shout out to the two Nicks on the Tip of the Iceberg uh, podcast because they were the ones that brought me on to their show last August. 
and really brought me out of a dark place that I was. So they brought me on that got me going to get back in front of a microphone. And I'm not just saying that because they're, they're the penguins guys. And we have a lot of banter. They were the first to reach out to, to reach, to, to reach out. And I always remember people like that. That's why I said to cap Sherps as well, who helped me with my audio who've come onto the show, who I'm going to try and get onto the show and they will as well. So thank you guys. You know, you, you have a friend here in Hershey as well. And uh, we'll do this again more and more as the world gets right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Richard. Uh, on the other side, ladies and gentlemen, one last quick segment here, uh, a new segment that is starting here on the soda pod every Sunday stream, every Monday podcast, hashtag MNCAA. Uh, all that on the other side, we'll close out giving an update on malt madness as well here on episode 109 of the soda pod. We've got hockey talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where you know you're down through nothing and the team has this amazing comeback and the guy who you want who you really are thinking this needs to be the star of this team has a hat trick we've got beer it has a unicorn on the can an easy drinking beer that's just delicious we want to help you understand the sport you love better what kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better? What you know? What's a couple of things someone who's watching the game at home when things start up here in a few weeks, or if they're watching college hockey, what's going on right now? What kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better, or what's happening in the game, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's it's something that's evergreen. Um... Listen to Jackets Debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> You're Hashtag MNCAA. Here we go. It's crazy, Bobby. man. I, I mean, how weird is it to you? I know it's obviously state of hockey here in Minnesota, but the fact that coming next season, we're going to have six D1 programs in such a small state. Dude, honestly, for someone here, you know, up in Canada who's been vocal about how it's been tough to follow the NCAA, like I still understand the significance of that and how, how, you know, talking about malt madness, this is going to be freaking the state of hockey madness here uh, in the NCAA. Uh, well, we, we still got a long ways to go. It's tough because right now some of the teams like aren't really playing their full schedule. Games have been canceled because of COVID, but uh, excited here. I don't know if uh, Pigeon's able to pull up the, uh, the graphic that we had, but we'll, we'll start right away with uh, what I actually didn't expect to be saying here. The Gophers are my number one Minnesota college team right now. Uh, cool. I even mentioned I was going back and forth with uh, uh, Baki on on the foghorn and i gave him my like early rankings and it was umd number one unfortunately earlier today they had a 4-1 loss to cc colorado college which i mean shit happens it's fine but i, I can't not put the gophers number one when they are undefeated eight and oh even if they had two wins against a soft michigan squad um, until they lose, like it's hard for them to lose that spot, but I will say UMD doing really well right now. Like, again, that's one blunder. That's probably a wake up call for them in the grand scheme of things out in the NCHC bubble. 
Um, but so Gophers moved up to number one for me. Bulldogs moved down to number two from number one. And then we've got the Huskies, who, to be honest, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, St. Cloud went up from number four to number three for me. I'm, I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch them and UMD actually play against each other. I know St. Cloud actually had a big win here recently against North Dakota. NCHC, again, is just a great conference altogether, especially, I mean, Honestly, it's right there with the WCHA of old. <laughs> Sorry, I was just I was typing in a group chat. Like I can't believe Hoppy kept it together there with Shane. I was trying, man, and then I yeah, fuck. Okay, so for those listening on the podcast, Shane comments. Um, I I was in university, and for the longest time, I thought it was spelled university. So university <laughs> with a C. He said I was putting university in my GPS. Like what the hell? <laughs> I was trying to keep it together. I'm sorry, <laughs> Hoppy. Fuck. All right. keeping it together either, but sorry. Uh, I know we. This is the, the, the inaugural. I feel like you were half of the reason, though. Like I saw you freaking out. I'm like, God damn it, I can't do it. Uh, well, I know after the first one, I like it got back together. You know, type in the group chat. I'm like, I can't believe Hoppy's keeping it together. Then I see the second yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, you're a goddamn beauty. And we love that you support the Soda Pod, uh, even if you uh, helped butcher the inaugural segment of NCA. <laughs> Hoppy, I'll hand it back over to you. Be honest. <laughs> Oh man, oh, what a way to end the show! I love it. Last segment on the soda pod. Ooh. Um, so, <laughs> um, moving on, we're still talking about uh St. Cloud, <laughs> they're up from four for me, up to three, and again, them and uh Mankato were pretty much neck and neck, but they've played more games, they've got more wins, and they're again pretty big wins up to this point. Um, I'm trying to pull up right now. I didn't have it there. I should have been more prepared, but I know they're actually in the midst of a game right now against uh, Uno, University of Nebraska, Omaha. Um, I want to see what that score is at and see if that impacts my opinion. But as of now, they are my number three for Minnesota college hockey. Uh, but the next two are going to be interesting. Um, so Mankato, they've only played a couple of games. They had one unfortunate loss. They also put a big beating on another Minnesota team in Bemidji, who we have at number five. They actually, if all goes according to plan and COVID doesn't interfere next weekend, they go head to head. So that's going to be pretty indicative on where our ratings are next Sunday. Um, but so again, to re uh, I guess, rehash this Gophers, one Bulldogs, two Huskies, three Mavs, four Beavers, five. And uh St. Thomas isn't going to be moving all year because they're still division three. Maybe, maybe they'll move up to five if they sweep all of their games in the Mayak this year, but likely they're just going to be hovering there at six and that's totally fine. Cause they're just happy that next year they are going to be a division one program. So kudos a, to them. And again, jump. excited to see how this progresses when we have a little bit more games under the belts, especially for Mankato and Bemidji. But, um, I don't know. It's just fun to have so many schools. Again, aside from the Gophers, these are all Division II schools, technically, that are playing up to D1 because, well, there's no D2 hockey, if you didn't know that. And uh, something to get excited about locally as well as uh, firmly stamps that this is the state of hockey. Uh, unbelievable stuff. And I, again, as someone who's now starting to get more and more into college hockey, like this is 
this is just unbelievable for someone who just you know lives and breathes this sport um excited to talk about the college hockey every sunday on every and every monday podcast moving forward hoppy this is a, a great segment and so if you guys on who are following us at the soda pod on twitter start seeing the hashtag mncaa that's the segment. Um, if any, you know, college news that uh, the Hoppy's going to highlight, either from his account at State of Hoppy or the SodaPod account, uh, look out for that hashtag because uh, we'll start uh, pumping that out there on Twitter. Another important hashtag, another important thing here on the SodaPod hashtag Malt Madness. Uh, you know, Twitter they fixed their bug, so that uh, this Wednesday we'll be back with the final poll for Malt Madness and Hoppy. Just to remind our, our listeners who's uh, who's there in the finals. Yeah, so the championship matchup is going to be uh, two very good friends of the pod. Both have uh, graced us with an appearance on the show and been very supportive, not just in general, but especially with the Malt Madness polls. We have Modest Brewing from Minneapolis, and we have Invictus Brewing from Blaine. Going to be an interesting one for sure because, uh, again, both have been very supportive. I don't think anyone's come close to Invictus as far as the effort put forth. No, they've, the, they've been unbelievable. The they're they're wonderful. And uh, anyone that hasn't listened, again, go back a couple weeks here. We had Previn Solberg. He great guy. Again, speaks not only to his great brewery, but really looking out and forth to make sure that you know in these crazy times – Every brewery is being taken care of. We already know that, unfortunately, you know, Wyzetta Brewworks is unfortunately going out of business. We want to make sure we do everything we can to help avoid that happening to any other breweries. So if you're not able, hey, totally get it. Crazy times for a lot of us. But if you can, again, rather than going out to a liquor store, please go out to these local breweries. Do what you can to help support them through these crazy times. Yeah, you said it there, Hoppy. Um, and also thanks to uh, everybody tuning in here on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, those tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Folks, the best thing you can do for us here on the SodaPod uh, is give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can really leave anything in the review. It's not for our egos, though. If you have hockey takes, if you have beer reviews, if you have beer suggestions, we'd love to hear them as we check that all the time. Uh, please go listen to our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And on your app, please download the episode before you listen as it helps our business. And the Soda Pod, we are on all podcast apps, mobile, desktop, you name it. So go check us out. Uh, we're also on Patreon, the Hockey Podcast Network Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash the hockey podcast network. Uh, a really cheap paywall to get you past only $1. Uh, we have blogs from uh, contributors and affiliates here on the network and some extra content coming when the season starts. So go support uh, the hosts. All the donations go towards them. If you want to move up a tier, uh, you'll be rewarded with some THPN swagger. Don't forget to follow myself at VI Sports Talk, State of Hoppy here at State of Hoppy Network at Hockey Pod Net on all social media. And of course, the Soda Pod at the Soda Pod. Malt Madness Finals Wednesday. I am pumped. Uh, thanks to all of our guests who joined us on episode 109. Signing off, I'm Isha Dromi alongside State of Hoppy. And this has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. You good, Hoppy? We're good, man. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.